Welcome back, 97.5, 1280 The Zone of The Zone Sports Network. Hey, if you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy. Ask about The Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and more. Visit Restore.com. That's Restore.com for more details. Chris Comerani joins us right here on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Uh, Chris, uh, what were your thoughts now with camp going the way that it is? I mean, players talk all the time about how tired they are and they're ready to just get these games underway. Is that about how you feel as a reporter at this time of camp? Yeah, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm, I'm ready for Provo. I'm ready to leave the house at noon, get there, and spend the next 12 hours down there on August 29th. No, I, I, you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head. I think we've reached the point where, especially now that we can't watch practice, it's kind of like we're just leading on folks to tell us who did what well, and obviously, we know it's it's always easier to see things with our own two eyes. So right now, we're at the we're at the stage of camp fatigue, without a doubt. Well, I see we're at the stage of camp fatigue where we're writing stories about tattoos, Chris. Uh, how do? Oh yeah. And actually, and I, I I tease you a little bit, but it was actually a really really good piece. Tattoos have such a deep, meaningful meaning to a lot of people. Why they get them? Where did you come up with the idea for that article, though? Um, through the. Uh, troublesome avenues of my own brain um i I was just looking for something beyond football uh some you know human interest story and i just always look at these these big dudes walking off the field and they have these pretty extravagant tattoos and i just figured you know it would be interesting to talk to some of the the big name guys on the team and just kind of get the rundown of of why they did that and it, it was really cool and just hearing that um most of these guys get stuff put on their body forever dedicated to mm-hmm. the people that helped them get there mm-hmm. um you know just hearing like even terrell burgess he's going to be a starting safety for utah this fall hearing his about you know his blind grandfather who served in vietnam he got a tattoo of braille um on his arm to you know honor his grandfather that just those kind of things are, are really cool i mean i know people want to hear about the b gaps and the a gaps and the nickelbacks and i get that uh, not the band, but the actual position. Yeah, you definitely but, don't want to uh, hear about the band. Oh, hey, no, come I'm on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. I, I think Look at this photograph. <laughs> I think that's one of the beauties of my new job at The Athletic is being able to pursue kind of stories that some people might view as kind of um, a little too niche. But I think sometimes niche works, and I think a lot of people enjoyed it. Chris Camerani is with The Athletic. It is absolutely worth the money, so register today. Go to theathletic.com. Read his stuff. It's outstanding. He's joining us on the Sprint Special Guest Line, and uh, Sprint is the network built for Unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Um, Coming into camp, one big question mark was going to be offensive line. So at this point, how concerned should Ute fans be about the group of five up front uh, just over two weeks away from the first game of the year? Yeah, we asked uh, Kyle that yesterday, and he said they have a fourth now uh, solidified in Braden Daniels. So you have Braden Daniels, uh, Umana, Nick Ford, and Darren Paulo. They're still looking for that fifth, and he said he'd like to have that solidified by tomorrow's, um, you know, availability. But uh, that's you know a little over than two weeks away from the home opener. I think it is a cause for concern in that nobody has separated themselves yet. But I think if you're uh, you know, looking at one offensive line position left in fall camp, you know, outside of the kickers that we're still really talking about, I think that's a pretty good problem to have. 
your Q&A, there was a question about uh, Morgan Scally comment uh, that he shared about how the linebackers might be the most difficult position to learn in his defense because of the mental capacity that's required to you're kind of a, a defensive lineman and a defensive back and you got to be in the middle there and so you got to have that ability Manny Bowen they obviously were counting on really heavily there because he had that mental capacity is Devin Lloyd overrated or is he still flying under the radar in that regard that's a good question I mean we haven't seen Devin start a division one football game yet so we'll see on August 29th in Provo but I think having Francis Bernard next to him is, is going to be a big plus for him, mainly in that those two guys were together as the twos last year behind Chase Hanson and Cody Barton. So there isn't this you know lack of familiarity between the two. They know each other well. They know how to practice with each other. They know how to play with each other. Um, I would count on Francis Bernard kind of being that that uh, you know quarterback of the defense from the linebacker position this year. Um, but at talking to a lot of people about Devin Lloyd, everybody speaks pretty glowingly about him. I mean, he's a very big kid, 6'3", 240. Um, I think that's a good problem to have if you you have that size and ability at that position. And he came from San Diego where he was a you know, standout safety, so he has the ability to you know make plays on the ball. And I think that's what you need in a Morgan Scally defense is – you know, to like your point earlier, you need to be able to play basically all three zones of the defense, whether that's rushing the quarterback in the middle of the field or even dropping back in the coverage. And Devin, you know, has that ability, and he's going to be asked to cover a lot of talented guys across the middle, including tight ends. In your opinion, which individual will be the MVP of the defense in 2019? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, oh, so my questions are good and Tony's are great? Is that what we're going to do now? Okay. It's exactly what you say. You're right on the money there, Chris. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get you back here in a second. Um, I want to say, are, are we measuring basically on statistics? Impact. On impact? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to say Jalen Johnson, only in that week in and week out, he's going to draw the best player on the other team consistently. Um, and I know other teams will do their best to switch and get, you know, other defensive backs on their best receivers. But I think Jalen proved last year in his sophomore year, how good he can be. And I think just having a shutdown corner in this day and age of football uh, is, is such an underrated commodity, especially not saying defensive guys get picked on, but the, the game is not made for defensive backs, as you guys know, with the flags and the amount of penalties called on them. I think having a guy that can lock it down is going to be a definite positive for Utah. I want to say I wanted to say someone on the defensive line, but they're all so good and they all do everything so well. They're versatile. Uh, unless Bradley and I goes nuts and has 20 sacks or something and breaks the single-season sack record maybe, but I'm going to have to go with Jalen. Where is the crack in the foundation? on this youth season is it what position or is it a coach or is it a specific game where is that crack that might undo them this time around i guess i would have to say the receiving core and i wouldn't say it's a crack i just think you need people to step up and we talked about this last year i think you need them to step up more so considering the health status of Britton covey he's still working his way back from the acl and the knee injuries and he's ahead of schedule which is great but at the end of the day, you need other guys to take the pressure off Britain and take the pressure off Tyler and get open. Um, I know, you know, last year Tyler wasn't too happy when his wide receivers were getting a little bit of uh, um, tough love from the media around town. But I think you need guys like Solomon Enos, 
Um, you need Damari Simpkins to kind of rediscover his form from his sophomore year. I think you need guys that can prove that they can make plays consistently downfield beyond Britton Covey. Utah is expected to win the South. The, the expectations, though, are higher than they've ever been since they've been in the conference. Uh, they possibly win the conference, 10 wins regular season, New Year Six. I mean, we, we've talked about it constantly throughout the, the offseason. Looking into the future, even if USC writes the ship, is Utah built in a way that you expect something like this to be the regular expectation, kind of like Stanford in the North during this right. decade? Yeah, that's a that's a great one too. Sorry, Austin. Um, <laughs> but I think you look at the landscape of the Pac-12 South, and Herm Edwards did have a pretty good year in year one, um, but Chip Kelly did not have a good year in year one. And there there are you know circumstances around that. Can he turn things around down there in Pasadena? Who knows? Can Colorado become more than a one-hit wonder every few years? Who knows? Is Kevin Sumlin going to turn things around in Tucson? I have no idea. I think Utah, if you're looking for long-term consistency, I mean, you have that. It's built into the bedrock of Kyle Whittingham's program because that's who Kyle Whittingham is. He's one of the longest tenured coaches in college football at one school. So I think if, if Utah can continue to get depth at key positions, I think that would be the, the bigger tale for me is can they withstand, let's see, you know, in theory, once Britain you know, graduates and moves on, can they withstand injuries and the wide receiving position going forward if they have one of their future number ones get hurt? Can the defensive back room be as deep as it is now going into the future? I think you're always going to have the defensive line be solid. You're always going to have the offensive line be solid for the most part. I think you know the running back position has proven to be definitely a positive for them going forward, and they have tremendous depth there. But I think it's for Kyle's program and for Utah, I think it's just about continuing to build depth at key positions where – in the past, especially during those Mountain West Conference days, they were talented in the ones, but the drop-off was so significant. And they've gotten there. You know, We've talked about, is this the deepest team Utah's ever had? I, I think you can make that argument. But if they're going to remain the top of the Pac-12 South and be kind of that Stanford of, of the South, they just have to continue to recruit to what their style is. And that's, you know, rugged, tough nose, run it down your mouth football. Chris, absolutely love your work. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show today, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you after the games even get started, man. It's going to be fun. Cheers, guys. Thank you.